On Wednesday's edition of the Zone Daily Podcast, cut day came and went, and there were a couple surprises for who made this Tennessee Titans team and who didn't. We'll talk with Jim Wyatt. His visit with 3HL will be on today's show. Plus, Ramon Foster gets you ready for Tennessee's kickoff tomorrow against Bowling Green. We're talking about the offensive line and specifically how this group gains chemistry with each other, though it's been a revolving door in fall practice. Wednesday, one day away from Tennessee kickoff. The Zone Daily starts right now. Yesterday's headlines, tonight's topics, and one big story you need to know. This is the Zone Daily Podcast with Will Bowling. Wednesday edition of the show as we get you ready for Tennessee kickoff tomorrow against Bowling Green. As always, you can hear that right here on 104.5 The Zone. Well, yesterday we start with cut day. It was a big one for the Tennessee Titans releasing 17 players. Here are... The highlights, Des Fitzpatrick, gone from the Tennessee Titans. The Titans gave up three picks to get him. They lose him uh, immediately, and we'll see if he sticks on the practice squad. Miller Forrestal, former Alabama offensive uh, guy, another guy who didn't make this team. Javian Hawkins is a guy who impressed in the Titans' preseason matchup with the Bears on Saturday. He's cut. Mason Kinsey, I hated for him with the way he played, but kind of expected that he would be a guy uh, that would be released from this team as well. And maybe the surprise of who was kept, Dane Crookshank, Tennessee Titans safety was kept, as uh, kept as was Bradley McDougal, another safety. Uh, so the Titans kept a lot of safeties. They want more depth at that position going forward into this season, at least for now. And the Titans kept five total running backs when you include fullback Kari Blasengame, uh, who was a no-brainer. So that leaves Derrick Henry, Darrington Evans, Kari Blasengame, and then Jeremy McNichols, and they also kept Makai Sargent, the undrafted rookie from Iowa, who you knew was going to make this team probably as well. So there are the highlights. Here's what Jim Wyatt had to say specifically about this group on yesterday's 3HL. Uh, had to move Jim Wyatt today for obvious reasons. It is cut day in the NFL, and um, Jimmy had all 17 uh, listed at TennesseeTitans.com. You can go see the list there, and we'll go through a lot of it with him now. Jim, what's up? How are you? Not too much. Hope you guys are doing well. Yeah, cut day always tough, obviously. Uh, a lot of guys on the back end of the roster trying to figure out if they're going to make it. And then, you know, it's kind of weird because news kind of spills out, you know, for some of the guys throughout the course of the day, and then – Others, uh, you know, obviously uh, the list comes out later. How were they told this year with Vrabel at home uh, and with J-Rob not? Well, Robinson is the one, and usually they're both involved. And Mike Vrabel said this morning that because of him being in quarantine and not available, he's going to let uh, you know, let John handle those cuts. And, oh, and, nice. uh, and, and I, believe me, I was involved in that process as a reporter back in the day and and tried to get every one of them before they were announced. And they're usually delivered from the agents or from the players or from other people. But af- and after these guys have been told themselves. So, uh, you know, the, you know, the, the thing that you got to keep in mind with these is, you know, the guys who made it today can't necessarily celebrate. And some of the ones that were let go don't necessarily have to feel you know, all doom and gloom because some of them could be back on practice squads. But, you know, this is an – it's regularly the case that, you know, teams do some shuffling after these 
cuts are made down to 53 because you've got waiver wire acquisitions and players you know, being replaced as a result of that. But this is an unusual year, and that the Titans, as you guys know, have nine players coming off the COVID list. And, uh, and as some of these guys are brought back to the 53, then some of these players are waived from the initial 53, and then you start the process of maybe shuffling guys on the practice squad again. So there's going to be a, a trickle of roster moves over the next, uh, you know, week, I'd say, you know, six, seven, eight days as, uh, you know, as some of these guys get healthy and, and then some other moves are made. On a personal note, do you miss those days of chasing these things before they get out officially? Well, I mean, this is, it was, uh, I was consumed by it. I mean, so I've tried to get every one of them, and if, 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 and I'd be mad at the one I didn't get before they were announced. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that was my life. That was my life every day. It just was the most hectic on cut down day, uh, you know, when it was, you know, done after the preseason game. This is a different year, too, from a scheduling standpoint, because, you know, these were done. Uh, most of these, the, you know, team finished practice today about two o'clock, and then most of these moves were made in the, uh, you know, two to three o'clock range when these guys were told. In previous years, you know, they play a preseason game on Thursday, and then the team had all day Friday, most of the day Saturday to kind of sort them through before the deadline. So everything was kind of in a tighter window this year because you had to practice and you had to keep a lot of these guys for practice because you didn't have enough bodies to get through because so many guys on the COVID list and so many guys that are injured. Jim Wyatt with us from TennesseeTitans.com at Jay Wyatt Sports on Twitter. Uh, Des Fitzpatrick, fourth-round pick, obviously the big name on on the cut list and what a lot of Titans fans are talking about right now. What happened with Des yeah, I, I, I'm surprised that people are surprised, to be honest with you, just because it, it's been no secret, uh, you know, that he had, was kind of lacking something throughout the course of this off season, And, uh, you know, some of it was consistency catching the ball. So, you know, a lot of it was inconsistency in, in really fighting for it. I know, I know we've talked about him before on here. And that was the thing that uh, that I noticed the most is you know him being you know he he was being corrected some for mistakes and being corrected for you know for maybe not finishing plays but he a lot of times he was being called out by you know his coaches or his own teammates for you know just not uh, you know not showing the the fight or the finishing that you needed to do to to make this team as a receiver. And, uh, you know, now the question is, is whether they feel like he eventually will, uh, is it worth bringing back to, to, continue, to continue to work with him? I mean, he flashed. We saw him score a touchdown in the, you know, in a preseason game. He made some plays in practice. I think athletically he's pretty, uh, you know, he's pretty talented. I, I liked him from the very first Zoom call we had with him. He's a nice young man. And, uh, you know, who, who came into the league, I think, with a lot of, uh, you know, reason to be excited, but it just didn't carry over here. And uh, I think it was a source of frustration for coaches. It was a source of frustration for people around them. I'm sure John Robinson, who moved up to give him the fourth round, you know, probably, you know, 
hard for him to understand what happened to the guy that he moved up to get because he just didn't really ever turn out to be that guy here. So, you know, hopefully he'll get it together. And, um, you know, I think certainly something like this will get a guy's attention. I mean, and, and if you don't come back fighting and swinging now, then, you know, you're going to be finding another line of work. Good stuff with Jim there, as always, and you can find that entire conversation wherever you listen to podcasts on the 3HL podcast feed or on the Zone podcast feed. All right, so catching up on more Tennessee, more of our mega Ultimate Tennessee podcast that we had earlier this week that dropped on Monday afternoon. Here's Ramon Foster talking about the chemistry or lack thereof that Tennessee needs to have on the offensive line and his perspective on what this team looks like going into 2021. So I guess Will's concern, which I hadn't quite thought about, was the adjustment that these guys would have to make with an up-tempo offense. Obviously, there, there's talent there. There's mm-hmm. five-star talent there. The Cade Mays, the Darnell Wright, even a mm-hmm. walk-on like Dane Davis has really come along. I think they like what they have there, at least as far as the starters. I won't dive into the depth, but I, do we read too much into the, the adjustment necessary for those guys to have to go from one offense to another, given how fast Josh Heupel's offense wants to move? If it works – and it has success, it's going to be fine. That's These are all ifs. I think having a a, um, a senior guy like Cade Mays is going to be a guy to try to pull the rest of the guys with him. Uh, Darnell Wright's a guy that's played and started a good bit, so it's going to honestly be on those two guys to bring the other guys with them because at the end of the day, you guys know how it goes. If we win, everybody eats. If we play as well, everybody eats, and they got to continue to stress that moving forward. They got to have the reality of the understanding, look, it's going to be some quick three and outs. The defense is probably going to be pissed at us too, but guess what? We still got to do the job. Uh, I've always questioned um, I've questioned Coach Heupel last time he was on our show about, you know, there's a lot to be made of your passing game. And he was quick to say, no, our run game has been legit over the years. We're going to stick by that. We're going to make sure that we have the opportunity to put those guys in the best situation. If he's smart with the guys he has on campus, I think Darnell Wright was a guy that said that he that the pandemic got him. It got him in a bad way where he was like over 360 pounds in college, and that's not okay, man. And he's worked himself back down. I think that's the testament to where he wants to be mentally with this team and just seeing all the guys they have right now. The depth chart was released. And I'm looking at the Jerome Carvin kid who I'm looking at. If he's worked his way into a starter role, that says a whole lot. Um, and I know that competition be good because he has a guy like Jackson Lampley behind him. I know him personally in the sense of where I know how he goes hard. I feel like they got the best guys for the job right now. As of right now, Dane Davis isn't starting, but Cade is at right tackle. His brother is at center. You got pedigree along that line. It's a matter of them not looking around to see what's going on. If they stay focused and keep that team, it's five of them on the field at one time. If they lead well, the rest of the guys are going to follow. I think you're right. And uh, the question I had for you, too, on the offensive line was how important is it to have the same five and to be playing the same position? Because you look at a guy in Cade Mays, his best position clearly in the NFL is right guard or, or left guard. He's it's not right guard. tackle. Um, yeah. it, I, I see this offensive line moving around pieces quite a bit. We could see Jerome Carvin uh, mm-hmm. at left guard, right guard, or center. Uh, Cooper Mays is a guy we could see at guard or at center. Javante Spragans uh, is a guy that can move around. Um, How important is it to have the same five in the same spots? Uh, Or do you think this offensive line can be successful shuffling around those pieces a little bit as the season goes on? 
I think if we're seeing a detriment somewhere, you got to kind of find a replacement for it. The offense moves too quick for guys to be making mistakes and not being on the same page. I think whatever five are out there have to be on the same page. Now, if the coach is telling you, look, we're going to rotate guys, like the guy that, that gets the position and does it well, got to show that to where he's the full-time starter. I'm sorry, but my idea was, look, man, I, I tasted what starting was. And if they're smart, they want to continue to be a starter. Um, is it important, though, to have the same five out there? I think it is, but you you got to have the right mix, though. It can't be five bad starters, though. If one guy's holding the rest of them up, then that sucks. Uh, moving guys around, I'm not a huge fan of that, I will say. Um, my senior year, we had an offense, what we were called strong and weak side, man. And it was a bit of an adjustment to say the least uh it became predictable it became uh a hindrance for the offense a little bit and after that that coach ended up sacking that type of offense that he ran so that sucks doing that pretty sucks well for... now right dave Clawson. yeah he is doing all right pretty good mm -hmm. uh dave Clawson at wake forest right mm -hmm. uh -huh. um but I hate that he did that to our class, to where it was too many adjustments. We came too predictable. If you're putting certain guys in for run or pass and stuff like this on this current line, then I think you're setting them up for failure because tendencies, you guys know, are easy to pick up on the football. I fell almost more than any sport, especially amongst the offensive line. Um, and I'm at a point where we'll see. If Kate leads this group the way he should, they could be fine. Uh, Darnell Wright has to be a guy because his pedigree says, his recruiting rating says he's supposed to be that guy. And we'll see if they step up to the plate. Always love talking with Moan. Always love uh, uh, his analysis. He's such a great mind on the offensive line specifically. And that's going to be a really interesting group for Tennessee moving forward this season. So I'm very intrigued to see what that group looks like week one against Bowling Green. That's going to do it for today's episode. Tomorrow we will have our first game day preview, Tennessee and Bowling Green, getting you ready for kickoff on 104.5 The Zone. Going to be a fun one, going to be a fun week, and we'll talk to you tomorrow morning right here on The Zone Daily Podcast.